Hey, Google, play In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. All right, playing the latest episode of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they anything, get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles we're in the marbles uh, We're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. This is episode 7. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And my name is Ethan, and you can follow me on Twitter at Vivela Ethan. And this is episode 7. What is a driver that comes to mind when you hear the number seven alan kawicki same i was gonna say alan kawicki too first thing that pops in my head is alan kawicki yeah. uh runner up would maybe be jeff Bodine just because he drove the seven car after alan kawicki passed away in 93 and that's still my childhood you so, know a, another seven driver that i don't think gets a lot of recognition casey atwood casey atwood which seven did he drive i don't remember him he in a seven. drove that he drove that um the blue number seven for oh was it, Ray was it like the, I, I vaguely remember that. Didn't Jimmy Spencer dog. drive a seven? Yeah, Jimmy Spencer drove the same one so right the, after Casey Atwood. Okay, so the Sirius XM. Yeah, with the dog okay. and stuff. What they what what did DW name that dog on the hood? Mongo? Is that I what have, he did? Yeah, I, it I, sounds I, familiar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good lord. I know that's a deep cut. That's a real yeah. deep cut for anybody. Five that, minutes into the podcast, yeah. we're already talking about Casey Atwood. What's up? Casey Atwood. <laughs> you know, I was watching Casey Atwood on TNN back in the day uh-huh. on the Nashville uh, Fairgrounds Speedway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they had a, a weekly thing on there, and he was driving a Petty Blue 43. Okay. And I I was such a fan of his. He was a young kid back then, too, because this was before he got into uh, the Bush Series. And I was such a fan. I was like, that dude's going to be special because he's winning all these races. And I really thought he was going to do something when he got up there. And I guess he just got up too quick. Yeah, I understand that. I love that guy, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish he had a second chance at it, but it is what it is now. So For sure. that's what we're going to do from now on. Uh, we're going to call out the episode number and um, talk about a driver that comes to mind with the number. Uh, real quick, since I didn't think about it until episode six was over let's uh go back um and start from one and we already did seven so let's start from one and go up to six name a driver that comes to mind when you think of one steve park steve number park. yellow the number yellow okay number yellow you know what hang on let me <laughs> let me just let me just crack open this ice cold rowdy energy and uh let's try that again okay steve park driving the yellow number one dei pennzoil chevrolet yeah, I think I named a. I couldn't. I think I named a Donnie Allison last time we talked about this in private. But mm-hmm. honestly, 
when I think one, I think Rick Mast. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because that was when I was big into it. Like 91, 92, 93, 94, yeah. the Skull Car. Uh, and then later, I think the Precision something. I don't even remember what a sponsor was. but Or maybe that was just the die cast because I couldn't put Skull on the die cast. I think right, that's what exactly. it is. Yeah. <laughs> but the Skull Car, the black and white Skull Car, and then later the green and black Skull Car. Yes. I don't know. Something wow. about that. I think it was actually done in a throwback this year. And it was done perfectly. I believe in the, in the Xfinity series, somebody did that. The one card did the uh, Rick Mass throwback. Oh, yeah. Darlington. I love that. It? I, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was Darlington. I love that Mr. card. S- I don't just Mr. Sam Mayer. Just Shout out to him. something about the uh, design of it. I love that. Uh, this one's easy for me. Number two. Yeah. Do you want to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace. That's the main yeah. one. That's my, one of my favorite drivers of all time, especially the... Uh, the Pontiac, uh, yes. 90, 91, 92, 93, when he drove the Pontiac number two. 94, he switched to four, but I was always a better fan of the Pontiac. Yeah, I remember Rusty Wallace driving a Dodge. I don't have any sort of earlier memory of him driving Fords or Pontiacs, but if you ask me the first driver that comes to mind when I hear the number two, Brad Kozlowski. Really? Yeah. Kurt Busch, not Kurt Busch. You skip right over him and go straight to Brad, huh? Oh, Kurt Busch <laughs> did drive that. I totally forgot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just went straight to Brad. Just uh, all <laughs> well, he's the really most recent. Icon- he's the most recent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and just love Brad Kozlowski. Uh, his some of his throwback paint schemes were just fantastic. Yeah, most but, of them were too. Yeah, too exactly, uh, exactly. That's why you think of Rusty because yeah, Brad threw through through it back throwbacking to throwbacking. Rusty Wallace. All of the Miller cars pretty much always threw back to Rusty Wallace. I just, yeah, he had Rusty the most Wallace iconic a, stuff. Yeah, Rusty Wallace is definitely a sec, a really close second when I, I hear the number two. A close second. That's how he yeah. was in 93, 94 in the championship, too, too, who we're probably going to say number three. Yeah, I don't think there's any sort yeah. of uh, question about it, but yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be like Richard Childress, right? I mean, because he drove. Richard. Yeah, he drove. Yeah, Richard. <laughs> I mean, I th- I was gonna say Austin Dillon, but I mean, you can go with Dale Earnhardt if you want. I know that's your favorite driver. So, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you definitely know, Dale Earnhardt. I don't think I've owned a single piece of Dale Earnhardt clothing in my entire life. Well, Christmas is around the corner. Oh god, <laughs> I do want a silver diecast though. It's going for relatively cheap. I would like his uh, original 1995 silver diecast. I think that'd be fun to have. Yeah, for sure. Because I never had the 124 scale. I only had the 164 scale of it. I hear that. So before I get to number four, you said your drink. Um, That's mine. I'm not drinking a rowdy. I'm drinking something else that will actually, because we're full disclosure, we're recording at night for the first time ever. Usually yeah. it's first thing in the morning. We're, we're recording at night. I'm not drinking a rowdy. So what, t- what time is it over there? The uh, same as yours. Oh. We're both in Central. It's uh, 8, oh, really? 8.45 right now as we're talking. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm actually I drinking. Know. I don't know. A jalapeno margarita. Oh, God. A jalapeno lime margarita is what it is. That just sounds horrible. It's awesome. It's oh really my. good. It just has a, it has a perfect amount of burn in the back of your throat of rice. Oh, Or on the rocks or whatever you want to say. All right, number four. Um, you go first. Who's number four? I The first number four I think of is Bobby Hamilton. See, same car, but I, I always think Ernie Irvin. Same car, oh. though. The Kodak number four. The yellow. Mm-hmm. With the black spoiler, yeah. All right, cool. Number five. I want to go first with number five. Okay. I think Terry Labonte. That's exactly who mm-hmm. I think, too. Kellogg's mm-hmm. number five. 
Even even over Kyle Busch? Yeah, even over Kyle Busch. Hmm. Interesting. That five yeah, car first thing I thought a Kellogg's number five for so long at that point. Yeah, it for absolute years. 97, 96, something like that. I think 94 is when Terry Labonte jumped in it. Yes. Because in 93, he was driving the 14 Kellogg's car. Yeah, that's a long time with a sponsor. One more, and we're going to move on. Uh, Number six should be easy, but who do you got? Mark Mark Martin. Martin. That's the easiest one. Nice old Viagra car. No, no. What? No. (laughs) What? You do not think Viagra when you think Mark Martin, do you? Soda. I think everybody does. (laughs) I think Valvoline. Oh, yeah. That would be a way better answer (laughs) than what I had. Oh, God. Oh, I just I just walked into that one. <laughs> All right. Well, we know what sponsor uh, connected with Ethan the most. Oh, <laughs> Joe. Oh man. Oh, Casey Atwood, Niagara. My goodness, we're just on one today. Anyway, take a swig. Let's. Uh, how is how's your week been, man? You know, it's been it's been good. Um, I start my new job tomorrow, which I was I've been kind of hinting around to it so i actually accepted a position at toyota so i will be a car salesman uh from a local dealership selling toyotas cool deal i start that tomorrow morning so woohoo drinking a rowdy energy <laughs> at nine o'clock at night before i have to wake up yeah and we'll try not to go That's... three hours on the recording tonight no just, joke, just for right? you <laughs> thanks <laughs> well we might if we don't hurry up and start talking about the uh coca-cola 600 yeah. No joke. Oh my goodness. Um, I had a, a lot of parties this weekend, not just like get togethers. Like there's a kid's birthday mm-hmm. party over here. There's a pool party over here for my uh, son's girlfriend, you know, girlfriend at nine years old. I mean, I had one, but that's not right still. And then a Memorial Day get together where we hosted it here. And it took, we had like a, a tropical system come through uh, weather wise. Uh, it didn't really like, wasn't nothing bad. It had a little wind with it but i mean it was just a big rainmaker but it was tropical rainmaker so we had a lot of rain and it was a kind of rain that really messed up our pool <laughs> oh no so i spent once it stopped raining i spent like three days straight chemical test chemical test chemical test just constantly trying to get it right and then putting a heating blanket over it i don't have a, uh, a heater for the pool but like a a solar blanket which is basically giant blue bubble wrap is what it looks like and it covers the whole pool so it would absorb the sunlight and heat up the pool it only heats up like the top six inches or so of the pool so to really get it mixed up you have to kind of get in it and move it around a little bit you know but gotcha finally the morning of i got that pool to test right and oh you have no idea how stressed i was over that i mean all the balances are wrong. The levels are wrong. It needed shocking. It, it had all sorts of crazy stuff. I, I need to get done with it. And it was actually comfortable to get in because it was at 86 degrees, which is there right on the verge of being being comfortable. It's right there at it. And that's that's where you get in it and you're like, oh, that's cold. And then you're in it for like 30 seconds. You're like, okay, good. You know, that's, that's 86. Oh, for sure. It's right at it. So it was a fun weekend as far as that goes. So let's go right into it here. Right into it after 20 minutes worth of talking about nothing. <laughs> We had a really, really fun race this weekend. Probably the best race of the year, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. As bad as Texas was last week is how good Charlotte was this week. It's night and day. It's so weird. They look like the same track. I mean, they're mile and a half trials, 
with a dog leg in the yeah. middle of the front straightaway. They, well, I think Charlotte's a quad over. Well, you, you know what I mean. But, but yeah, I mean, say, literally the exact same yeah, thing. It, it's the same shape. It's the exact same track. It's just Texas yeah. reconfigured it for some... I, I don't know exactly what they did. They did something with the banking and widening it or something like that, and it yeah. messed it up so bad. Really bad. But Charlotte... Um, yeah, Charlotte, they did everything right with the PJ1. So NASCAR put pj1 on texas and we spoke about that a little bit last last time um and it just i feel like it ruined uh the racetrack charlotte did the same thing they put pj1 down and it just hit every nail on the head like it was perfect mm -hmm. it was and as it aged it you and as that uh resin they put down aged it made it even better oh yeah. you know like i don't think that they they didn't just put that down like right now right before this race right it's been down for a minute right it's been down for a little yeah, bit they had the uh trucks xfinity uh leading up to the cup race this, this yeah weekend. well as as the track got run on you could tell based on what i've i've heard from other people that are that are in the business and actually have watched it i'm not talking about like youtubers or anything but actual past racers and stuff that that watch that race and they would say as the as that resin that they put down aged, all it did was widen the track. Oh yeah, and for sure. You had people running right on the ragged edge against the wall. You had people all the way down at the bottom. You didn't have people skirting across a an imaginary line in the middle of the racetrack and then get loose. You didn't have that crap like we had last week. Right. You you had at one point coming to the white flag four wide for the win at Charlotte, and this track yeah. is barely able to hold four or five cars wide on the front straightaway. If they would have went through one of the kinks in the uh, front straightaway, they wouldn't have made it anyway. Uh, -uh no, not a <laughs> chance. I was, I was waiting for it to happen. Uh, kind of saw Tyler Reddick uh, do a little uh, shout out to Dale Earnhardt by doing that pass in the grass at the uh, stage <laughs> end. I don't know if you heard that uh, radio conversation, but he's like, Woohoo! Yeah, he was all excited yeah. about it. Pass in the grass, you know. But uh, no, if they were actually racing like four wide for the for the win through one of those quad ovals, like not even chance, not not even close to having an actual chance of making that making that right. <laughs> yeah, this race had a little bit of everything for everybody that's interested in something in NASCAR. If you like strategy, it had that with different things people were doing with two tires and four tires, especially right there at the end. If you were in it just to watch the wrecks, Lord knows it had those two. Yeah, a nice, nasty nice. one too on the front straightaway. If you were in it for good, hard, hard racing with a big pack of cars, it had that right at the end too. And it also, it looked like for a long time, it had like a, a like a dog fight kind of battle. Yeah, where it absolutely. was just coming down to two cars, which that's so different. It's such a different dynamic than when you have like five or six cars that are all going for the lead. And another time when you have just two cars and they're spending the last 15, 20 laps, just judging each other up. You yeah. know, this guy's running right up against the walls. Like, okay, well the guy behind him is running just a half a line slower, just a little bit lower, just to see if, you know, he, maybe he can mess the air up on the guy in front of him, or maybe he can get a little bit of clean air. And then there's other times where that guy will move his line down to mess up the guy behind him because he sees the run he's getting. And then that guy will change his line to take his line away. And it's all, it's just a cat and mouse game back and forth between those two. It's funny because nobody is, nobody is in their world. It's just right. them. There's no crew people in their heads. There's no spotters. There's no, other drivers out there on the track besides maybe the lap traffic that they come by once in a while 
it's just, it's all down to them. Nobody can do a dang thing about what's going on except for those two guys behind the wheel. It's fascinating to watch that when it, when it finally comes down. Absolutely. Oh, that was, that was a great breakdown, dude. You gave me goosebumps. That's awesome. Uh, No, you're been in it. You know, I've been in situations like that, not to that level, but I know exactly how it feels when you're in it. Yeah, dude. I mean, I couldn't say any better myself, but man, that was, that was the best race I have seen in a long, long time. It was the, uh, the new car really did really did Charlotte justice. It really did. Yes. Um, it doesn't always doesn't always pan out perfectly like that with uh, the rest of the tracks, but these mile and a half, except for Texas, seems to be doing really, really well. Real quick, going through the race, uh, Trackhouse, they Ooh. they were on it. They I mean, it didn't it. finish the way that they deserved to finish. Just various random things. Um, Suarez, I think, pretty much caused his issue. He kind of he came up the track on um, I forget who he cut off, but he came up on the track on that guy, and that's what caused the the big wreck with the 17 later on in the race. So he kind of caused his issue, but he won a stage. It looked like between him and Reddick, we might have a first time winner. And yeah. this, this race is known to do that. It's known to produce first time winners. It's done it a lot, but yeah, track house, they, uh, they showed up today, man. They did. Absolutely. And it, I mean, it was ultra impressive when we've talked about Ross Chastain first year with the company comes in and just wows him already two uh, wins. He's locked into the playoffs. Daniel Suarez, who's been there in the cup series in general, way longer than Ross Chastain has been with this company for the first year has kind of struggled. So seeing him up there uh, battling for stage wins, battling for stage points uh, and ultimately the, the win. I mean, that's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to see both of those uh, cars do really well. Uh, I'm sure you're happy too with the uh, assumption that possibly some one of your favorite drivers might be going to that team next year. <laughs> we don't speak that they, into existence. They've announced the third car. Yeah, for international. Yeah, for, for now. For, for um, now, they're they're testing the waters, man. That's a, and it's going to be number ninety-one apparently, which makes sense. Yeah, it's ninety-nine and one. It, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm. It's funny that we didn't really yeah. put that together when we were guessing a couple weeks ago. I don't but, think um, that's simply. I said double Z. Yeah, I don't. I. <laughs> Trust me, I do not either. So, um, no, I'm I'm excited about the you know you you bring up the point about the third car coming to track house uh, being called Project 91, where they are going to get another Cup Series charger, mm-hmm. and then they're going to have you know it's going to be the number 91. Uh, they're actually going to be bringing in international talent from you know all over the world to come compete at NASCAR's premier level. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea. It is. It kind of seems like a novelty, but yeah. Yeah, I just, man, you know, it's so tough. Like, it's such a great time if I can steal a a line from our friend Scott (laughs) Toon. It's such a good, good time to be a NASCAR fan or a racing fan in general. Um, The Truck Series is ultra uh, competitive. Uh, You have Xfinity, who, I mean, it's just a dogfight every time whether it's Josh Berry or Justin Allgaier or whatever, you know, they're you know, guys like Noah Gregson who have been in the Xfinity series waiting, kind of having opportunity at the cup series trickle down here and there. It, is it, do you feel like it's kind of a slap in the face to, I know it's just one off, you know, one off races. Um, is it kind of a slap in the face to a Noah Gregson or, you know, someone like um, coming up through the Xfinity series. I cannot think of any. Myatt Snyder would be another Josh one. Josh Berry, something like you that. Know, 
Josh Berry. And then all of a sudden, Trackhouse is just getting people from other motorsports in another country to go straight to the top. Well, I mean, it would be if they were just given the full-time ride without going through any truck or Xfinity before. But with this just like one-off stuff, I mean, that that team wasn't going to run a full schedule right now anyway. I No, I don't because... All it's going to do is build interest to the sport and to the races that you are going to be able to get to eventually. You know, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't see it that way. Like, I, I know that's a big like wrestling uh, analogy too. Like, uh, are you is a slap in the face that Brock Lesnar comes in and wrestles for like two or three months and only wrestles the big shows and then goes away? And like, no, because you're getting the rewards for that. I mean, you might not be the main event, but you're getting the extra pay for it. You're seeing the gate increase. You're seeing the interest in the product increase. I mean, you're seeing the you're seeing the interest in in everything just increase from it. And I think that's what this is going to do, especially with some of. I mean, dang, they're getting a Formula One driver right off the bat. I mean, right. that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't even remember the last Formula One driver we had. Was it Juan Montoya? I yeah. believe so. I think uh, someone. I don't know who he is, but he's. Someone's racing for Kyle Busch Motorsports, uh, I think, on a road course or something. And I don't know who it is, but I thought it was a Formula One guy. I don't, I don't I really know all the Formula wrong. One people anymore. I used to be big into that, but I mean, that was late '90s, early 2000s. I was big into it. I can't, I can't really name a whole lot of them anymore. Um, the cars, how they drove at Charlotte, was really interesting. It seemed like I saw a lot of complaining. Uh, from people that don't understand racing, right? Uh, saying that these cars, uh, the best drivers in the world, should not have this much trouble driving these cars. I'm thinking, yeah, they should. Yeah, absolutely, they should. They should make the cars so hard to drive that even the best drivers in the world have issues with it. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. So I, <laughs> I saw a couple of those tweets. I signed off. <laughs> I mm-hmm. was like, not a chance this is happening. Um, yeah, that's that's what we've been, you know, us diehard NASCAR fans, that's what we've been begging for the last five seasons. You know, it seems like nobody spins out. You know, if you're going to spin out, it's only because uh, tire issues or, you know, you did someone wrong. Um, there was no, yeah. like, mistakes ever. No one ever made mistakes. And at the Coke 600, we saw people like Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson. You know, yeah, we the saw the best, the best in the whole business right now. Yeah, yeah, they lost control of their race cars and they spun out. How fantastic is that? Like, I, for the people that don't understand that, like, I'm not quite understanding their thought process. Like, this is amazing. And like Chase Elliott, he had the dominant car in yeah. that race, and he slipped up in the corner hit the wall and he hit it just at the right angle where it broke something in the rear end and he's out for the rest of the race <laughs> he couldn't get it fixed in time i think it was a tie rod yeah it was some it was something they couldn't something in the rear end of that car that that uh completely loosened that car up where he couldn't even drive it yeah and they ran out of time fixing it i, I think that was what happened with him i think the damage clock expired yes him on him and william byron <sighs> my pick yep man i was mm, <laughs> You know, and I thought about it earlier too. It's like, well, it's the one time I, I wouldn't pick Ross Chastain. It's like, well, Ross Chastain had a problem too at the end. Right. But anyway, yeah, I love how the cars are driving right now. Uh, I don't like the tire problems so. though. I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't know what's going on with these left rear and right rear tires. It's usually left rear, but you do see a right rear once in a while. You hardly ever see right fronts anymore. 
and they don't even blow in the corners that much anymore. A lot of times they just yeah. blow coming off the corner on the straightaway. They're going straight and the tire goes down. Right. I have no idea what, I mean, is it just the tire size, the difference in the tire size, the thinner tire wall? Is it um, a compound they need to work on? Is it, I have no idea. I have no idea what's causing all this crap. Yeah, I'm, you know, I don't know. I think it might be the inner wall uh, being a little bit too small. And it really, honestly, it just really depends on how much camber these teams are putting in the, the rear of their race car. The more camber, the heavier it gets. And then that tire just within, you know, if you're, if you have too much camber, I mean, within 10 to 20 laps, you're blowing a tire. I even think some of the teams that were, that have been really conservative with that. I think some of them had issues this week too. I mean, yeah. just, I don't know. I, I hope they get that straightened out because it's one thing to have cars hard to drive, but it's something completely different when somebody's amazing day can be ruined. Uh, something that's completely out of control. Right. Exactly. And it has nothing to do with anybody else too. It's just a tire. And I, I mean, it's Goodyear. I know Goodyear is like a big, you know, well-respected company, but not necessarily in the racing tire area. I know that's a fact because not that many companies outside of NASCAR use Goodyear tires. Right. A lot of them use like Firestone, Michelin, things like that. I know Tony Stewart used to be a big, big um, advocate for changing the tire. Yeah. <laughs> when and, he was driving. I mean, honestly, I was ready to switch to Hoosier um, back in 2014. So I'm not very, I'm not a fan of seeing all these tire issues at all. Was that a thing that could have happened in 14? Yes. That happened when I was a kid. It happened in 94. God, that was, that's a whole, you know what? Let's pin that. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about the Hoosier Goodyear debate. Okay. Next week. We'll do a little research on that and get a little deeper into that subject. I, I like that subject because that was, I was right when I was a kid. And it was prime yeah. childhood of me watching. One, I got a funny little note here on, on the notes I took for this race. Uh, and it was brought up by Mike Joy. Uh, right near the beginning of the race, there was a wreck. It was a light wreck. Wasn't a whole lot of damage. All these cars continued on later on. The 15, the 16, and the 17 all got collected in one wreck. I thought that was funny. I thought, I didn't know who it was. I was, you know, every time it says like, oh, there's, you know, a spin or whatever, I always think Kyle Bush. So, like, <laughs> you know, you grip the couch a little, you know, and your eyes get bug, bugged out, you know, and you're just like, oh, no. So I didn't even catch that the first time. Uh, it wasn't until they, they get the little, thing up in the corner of the TV that says like who was involved in the wreck. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. 15, yeah. 16, 17. <laughs> Ryan priest, Noah Grayson and Chris Busher all involved 15, 16, 17. I just, it was funny. You don't see that kind of stuff all the time. It's funny. It's like when the one car wins and two car finishes second, the third, three car finishes third. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened though. One, two, it three probably hasn't because there's not that many one cars that won a lot of races. That's true. A lot of twos and threes. And I'm sure they finished second and third a lot. But not a lot of one cars anyway. Twenty three eleven. They they have such good days, and then they have days where they decide they're going to wreck at the same time in the same wreck. And that's what they did. <laughs> Man, you know we're not bashing twenty three eleven. It's and, funny, and it's we just would so funny, and we would stop talking so negatively. If they gave us something to talk positively about them 
about. <laughs> they had a pretty car uh, two weeks ago. Yes, Texas. I'll give Kurt Busch all the credit in the world. He deserved that one. He he rode hard, man. But man, just you know, you're on this wave of of momentum, and then it just comes crashing down together in the same wreck every single time. And they both did good. <laughs> like they both had they qualified well. And they both ran pretty good, and Bubba Wallace was running right near the front, and he spun out because the cars are hard to drive. And it's funny, a lot of people spun off turn four and went right down into the uh, Roval road course. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's funny. It's, it's a funny look. They do that. Bubba Wallace actually spun out and got straight right at the uh, end of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and he just went right to his pit box, which is right there. So I was like, well, that's about the best possible way you could do that. If you're going to no do joke. it, do it that way. You, you wrote a whole... 20 feet with the tire flat. You know, good job. You didn't tear anything up. But yeah, it's just, it's so funny. They either run really well or Bubba Wass has pit issues or they both wreck together. Yeah. And they always wreck together. If Every they, time. If one on wrecks, they're going to wreck together. Another fun stat from this weekend. This became the longest NASCAR race in the history of NASCAR. It sure felt like it. My goodness. It was five hours and five hours and 40 minutes, something like that. I think runtime, but the actual distance um, being 600 miles and then having two green-white checkers. I don't know right off the top of my head exactly what the distance was, but I know it was, in fact, the longest race because at the end of the first green-white checkered, if it went, it would have tied for the longest race in NASCAR history. And they went an extra. So it is, in fact, the longest race in NASCAR history, which is, it was good, though. Yeah, oh, it wasn't it was like awesome. it was a long, boring race. This was a really interesting race from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic. And so if that if I have to pick what race I watch that's going to be the longest NASCAR race in history, I would love for it to be that race that we saw. It seemed like every every 10, 15 minutes, something completely changed everything. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that's the most fun. And it's not it's not when it's like a uh, problem with the track or a rain situation or or something out of their control. It's just the way they're racing. You know, it isn't like oh, tire malfunctions or changing everything every 10 or 15 laps. No, you had a few people with tire problems, but the whole field didn't. Wasn't like Indy a few years ago when every 17 laps, the tire would blow and they, they got to where they just threw a caution every 15 laps to keep it from happening. <laughs> that was a... Oh. That was a, that was an awful race. That was a cluster. It was definitely a cluster. A, a, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what that was. The big wreck. There was two kind of big wrecks that happened. Um, well, I guess three if you count the one at the very end of it too, because that was I had some pretty hard hits in it. But the the real big one that everybody talks about that you saw all over Twitter in slow motion. All sorts of crazy camera angles of this thing was when Daniel Suarez, I forget who he come up on the racetrack against. He cut somebody off on the racetrack, but he was running up near the front and coming off a of turn four and uh, going down the front straightaway. He thought he was clear, but he wasn't. And he clipped somebody with his right rear, somebody's nose. And he tried his best to straighten it out, but he couldn't do it. And he come across the track and he hit Todd, Gil- Todd Gilliland and then Chris Buescher. And he hit, he hit Chris Busher in a spot where it broke his left front. So yeah, pretty much is what happened. He clipped uh, Chris Busher, and he went to go slide through the infield. And mm-hmm. Charlotte Motor Speedway doesn't have grass; it has turf. 
and it caught one of I what was it his right I, front? I I think the wheel that it caught broke in the crash though. I think oh. that's what caused it to dig in. That's oh, for what, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once he got into the grass and that suspension broke on the front end of that car and the wheel dug underneath the car and dug into the grass and it, it went for a roll, four and a yeah. half rolls on the front straightaway on asphalt and grass. And the asphalt hits hurt. Yeah. When you're rolling upside down constantly on asphalt, that's, that's painful. He did that on the grass. It's, I mean, it's, it's something, but it's not like you're hitting concrete or asphalt, you know I mean? It's grass. There's right. a reason why you play football on grass, right? Exactly. You don't you don't play it on concrete. <laughs> Any hit you take on concrete is going to hurt worse than it does on grass. Yeah, it was it was good to see him get out of that car. It didn't look like they were any in really any hurry or anything to get him out. They just slowly rolled him over, and the TV really played it up for some reason, like he was hurt. I saw the official down there after the window net was dropped. Give the thumbs up, like oh yeah, it landed upside down. Right. So they had to get a wrecker out there and do this tilting thing as slow as they could because, you know, you don't know if the guy's got a, you know, slight fracture in the neck or something. They don't want to flop the car down. You know, they don't want you uh, unbuckling the car because you're hanging upside down. You know, they don't want you unbuckling your belts and then you fall straight to the, the roof of the car, which is now the ground, and maybe break something there too. So they slowly take the car. There was no rush. There was no fire or nothing pressing that he needed to hurry up and get out of the car for. They slowly took it and they maneuvered it and they tilted it over with a wrecker. And he hopped right out. Not, no issues, but completely ruined Daniel Suarez's amazing day, though. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Suarez was on fire up to that point. Uh, just a racing deal, you know, just uh, thought he was clear, didn't get the clear. He wanted that. He just wanted that space, anyways, and he paid for it. And then, unfortunately, uh, Christopher Bell and uh, who was the other one? Todd Gillen. Todd, Todd Gillen got into it. He was yeah. the one that hit, um, hit Suarez as he was coming across the track. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just a racing deal. Um, sucks to see, but kind of entertaining. It, You know what? It was kind of entertaining. It, it's it's interesting to see now that everybody's okay. Right, exactly. You know, it's it was scary. I actually walked – we had both talked about this uh, in, in texting each other. I had actually just walked outside. <laughs> I, oh, I was I, so upset. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, getting the pool ready, right? Like I told you, that's what I'm doing. Even that late at night, I'm out there still constantly adding stuff and testing. I was like, it's stressing me out, you know. So I walk out there and I do a little bit more and I test it and everything. And I hear my my son comes to the door. It's like, big wreck, big wreck, daddy, big wreck. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I, I'll be there in a minute. And I could come in here and they had had it paused on the restart. So I had to watch it in replay because I had just walked outside just like you did, apparently. Yeah, ex like literally exactly. So that was on stage four, right? I believe it was. I believe it's right near the beginning of stage four. Yeah, right. So we are we've been watching or I've been watching this race for 300 plus laps. And it was really awesome. It was entertaining, but like there wasn't like super big wrecks or anything like that. So I, I had a friend that came over. So I walked down the street over to their house just long enough to drop something off and coming right back to my house. And sure enough, I walked back into my house and there's a, you know, flipped race car. And I was like, what in the world? I just left for five seconds. 
I was going to ask, were you able to rewind it and watch it actually happen? But I forget Fox did replay it 25 times. Yeah. So I saw it and then on Instagram and uh, Twitter, I saw it again. So, uh, no, I, I watched it. I just I didn't. Twitter is my favorite place to get replays. For sure. You can you can find any angle of anything on Twitter. It's even like with any other sport, too. It's one of my favorite plays. And it's almost an instant replay. I mean, it's like seconds after it actually happens, even though I have a DVR and I can rewind, but seconds after it actually happens, all of a sudden it's still going. I'm looking at a replay on Twitter. Right, exactly. It's it's so much fun. Sometimes if I can't watch the race, I'm just scrolling through the Twitter feed because they'll give me all the highlights. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, uh, kudos to you on taking over Twitter on the Indianapolis 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 because – I was in places where I just couldn't watch all of the race. I didn't get mm-hmm. to where I could watch the Coca-Cola 600 until halfway. Yeah. I mean, it was my pleasure. I was, you know, didn't have nothing to do. So I was sitting on my couch watching so some racing. If you out there noticed this, that in the marbles, all of a sudden blew up your Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was excited. <laughs> I was so excited. What? I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Did because, I too much? Like, oh no, my. no, no. I'm not mad about it at all because <laughs> you got more interaction with other people commenting and liking and retweeting what you were saying than I ever got on there. Oh, I'm not really? mad about it at all. Yeah. I don't ever get that kind of interaction. Oh. Whenever I'm on there. So kudos to you. You're, you were, you were getting people that I didn't know interacting with us i was like yeah well, okay i'm cool. not gonna be mad about this i don't tweet away i don't care if i do my phone just blow up with notifications <laughs> i uh, i did too because i was wondering i was like i wonder if uh, every time i tweet if i if it sends a notification notification to your phone and i was like does, oh man yes. i really hope not because <laughs> good well, lord i haven't set up for notifications because uh i have it set up through my soda hunter account uh-huh. that in the marbles tweeted Oh, because okay. you, you like to post things on Instagram once in a while. Yeah. And that goes straight to Twitter. Yes. And I like to know when you do that. That That's what it is. And uh, any, okay. uh, I don't have in the marbles notifications. I have Soda Hunter notifications for in the marbles tweets. Oh, and okay. I see. My wife was so funny. We were going to the first place we were going to. And she looked at her phone because we come out of a bad service area and we come into it. And all of a sudden she looked at her phone. It's like, it blew up. It was like, why do I have 15 in the Marvel's notifications? <laughs> <laughs> it is like all it starts and it just doesn't stop. Bing, bing, bing. Like, you know, when you're coming out of that uh, area that you're not getting service. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and that was right near the start of the Indy 500. I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny at the time. And then I saw the, uh, I saw all the, responses you were getting and stuff with it and i was like cool just let him run with it i don't care i guess He's, i didn't even notice how many people were uh replying to us you had you had a few people going that more than i did anyway that was a big thing more than i did the busher wreck was pretty interesting now knowing that everybody is okay because you don't see these new cars flip that often right and they look so weird upside down now. <laughs> they do. They look weird, weird. <laughs> they, they look like an Indy car with a NASCAR body on top of it. Yeah, they really do, actually. Now, what we're talking about, if you don't know, the bottoms of the cars in the past look like just any other race car, any other stock car, just in general. It, you would see like you would see the, the bottom of the car and you would see the pipes 
uh, exhaust pipes running down. You would see the suspension. You would see all this stuff underneath the car. Now they covered all that up with a plate. So the bottom of the car is really aerodynamic now. That's that's the whole point of it is so it can move the air underneath the car to the to the rear diffuser the way that they want it to. And and now it just looks weird because it, it really does look like an Indy car upside down. Yeah, it really does. And you know, one thing I'm excited about the most being a diecast collector is I am desperately, so desperately wanting to see a 2022 cup car diecast in my hands. Um, oh, it's going to be so awesome. I know the elites, you can uh, take the diffuser off. Yeah, you can take the um, the whole bottom off of it and uh, just, and show the, the whole plate on the bottom. You can take the yeah. whole thing off and just show the actual underside of the car. Yeah, it's oh, it's going to be so awesome. I have some Kyle Busch ones coming and uh, really, really excited. Lionel Racing is going to knock it out of the park. You're going to have to go uh, on Twitter or something and show a video of that when you finally get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Chase Briscoe and Kyle Larson, that was the battle at the end of this race. They they came, they came, went right, right, they went at it all the way down to the, to the very, very end of this race. And it was a constant battle of Kyle Larson running his line, Chase Briscoe adopting a new line based on Kyle Larson's line, and he would back off of him, then he would come right back up to him his bumper, make a run, lose it. Okay, now he's back off. So what you were talking about the other week, the yeah. last week, about the passing, the actual passing being your favorite part of the race. It was uh, this huge um, strategy thing between them two trying to, uh, I don't know how the way to put it, cat and mouse each other. Yeah, absolutely. I am. I was in heaven when I was watching that. Um, two really talented dirt track racers racing at the premier level of NASCAR. You could see just the driver development growth in Chase Briscoe. You know, from last year, not really making much noise except at that Indy road course, uh, which was not very positive. Uh, but Earlier this year, getting that win at Phoenix, which was his first ever Cup Series win, you could tell that he has the the fire and desire to get up there and to you know mix it up with these Cup Series champions. I firmly believe that this past weekend, Chase Briscoe showed up. He showed us why he's in an, a Stuart Haas Racing uh, equipment, and he's here for a reason. Watch out for Chase Briscoe. So two laps to go, he decides he's gonna just go for it. That's Completely what I meant. But <laughs> that's yeah. what I meant by watch out for Chase Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, just like the Bristol Dirt Race, uh, yeah. he decided he was just gonna go for it, and this time he didn't wreck the other guy. He just Which, wrecked himself. Yeah. <laughs> I you can't fault him for trying. He's got to win. He's in the chase. He's racing for the win at the Coca Cola Six Hundred against one of the best drivers in the entire sport right now. You can't fault him. He's got a better car. He's just got to find the way to, to get out front. Absolutely, you can't fault him at all. He was going for he was going for everything. You know, um, I mean, he does have that one win earlier in the season to kind of you know yeah in his back pocket. Just, you know yeah. exactly, but at the same time he needs to get in exactly. So like he knows you know he doesn't have to push it, but at the same time, why wouldn't you go for it? Absolutely. Chase Briscoe did nothing wrong. He, I almost wish he would have won that. I was pulling for Chase at the end of it. I was. 
Um, if anything, I was pulling for a really good race, a really good finish, because it really looked like we were going to get that. It looked, which we did. We still got a really good finish and a really good race at the end. Yeah. But uh, that set up a green-white checker because Chase Briscoe goes in underneath Kyle Larson and spins himself out trying to get the win. They went nearly a full lap with some strategy happening. Some guys in the back or mid-pack took – most everybody took two tires. Some people took four tires. Well, the minute they come off turn two, it was really obvious that four tires were the way to go. Yes. Because Austin Dillon was like a rocket. And he shot from like sixth place right up to the lead in turn three and four. And in doing so, he got a little loose underneath Larson, and that brought Ross Chastain up on the outside because both of them had slowed down. Ross Chastain all of a sudden hit the outside. And who was that on the inside, the very far inside? It was it was a Hamlin? I oh, believe it was I Hamlin. I, it might have been Hamlin. It wasn't yeah, I Tyler Reddick, was, was it? No, I, I think it was – I want to say it was Hamlin on the far inside and then Austin Dillon and then Kyle Larson and then Ross Chastain. One, Sounds two, three, four, from the bottom to the top, coming off of turn four. This is a tight racetrack. I mean, we went to a racetrack that was wider than this last week for the all-star race, and you couldn't run one and a half cars wide. Right. This is a smaller racetrack than that, width-wise. And these guys are running four wide off the corner. And it would have stuck. I feel like it would have stuck. We, You had a, a racing deals happen. It wasn't because they run out of room. Kyle Larson come off the corner and come down a little bit at the same time Austin Dillon come up. If one of them hadn't have done that, that would have that would have worked, and you would have had at least three wide at the start finish line taking the white flag. Yeah, I don't think four would have made it all the way there, but it would have made it off the corner. But instead, Austin Dillon uh, come up, Kyle Larson come down a little bit, and they got together, turned Austin into the wall. Ross Chastain got involved, Joey Logano got involved, and he hit hard. I was. I, that was the most concerned I was for that wreck was Joey Logano hit driver's side flush against the wall right under the start finish line. Yeah. And that was, that's nasty. That's a nasty hit. When That's a, that's a Davey Allison hit when yeah. he woke up in the hospital that year. He was good. I mean, he was mad, but I would be too, I guess. You're just riding along and all of a sudden everybody's wrecked and your good day turned into that. But that big wreck on the front straightaway set up another green-white checker. And that gave Hamlin the lead. And Kyle Busch, well, Kyle Busch, technically, he was third, but really he was second because Ross Chastain stayed out and he had a bunch of damage. Everybody looking at that one car knew good and well that wasn't going to work. Right. And it didn't. The minute they got the green flag and that car got up to speed, he was smoking and sparking and he went right to the back. Then it became a battle between Hamlin and Kyle Busch. I think Kyle Busch actually led it to the white flag, didn't he? He, he actually did. led the white flag lap. Yeah, on the outside. Kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because he really hadn't, because he had even spun earlier that race. He really hadn't had Hamlin either. Really, Hamlin was either even involved with a big wreck earlier. Speaking of uh, Kyle Busch and wrecks, I mentioned real quick with that big wreck on the front straightaway. You should go out of your way to find it somewhere on Twitter, YouTube. I don't know. Find Kyle Busch's in car oh. or follow Kyle Busch through that big mess that happened on that four wide crash on the front straightaway. I have never seen somebody avoid. A wreck so masterfully than Kyle Bush did at that moment. Yeah, I mean, goes back to it. Kyle Bush is a wheel man. He he was a beast right then. Yeah, missing that wreck and it almost won him the race. He had that same issue later that he had all night. I think pretty much when he spun out, he had the same issue. Uh, when somebody gets right at a certain point on his car, 
it seemed like he would lose the lose the grip a little bit on the front end and he would have to back off to avoid not spinning. And I think that kind of happened with Hamlin. It happened with Suarez earlier and it happened with Stenhouse too, I believe. But Stenhouse was a dang. Okay. If you want to see excitement at a racetrack, follow the 47. <laughs> yeah. That dude is in everything. Yeah. Not always in a good way because it seemed like anytime they, the 47 was around anybody, that was, that was where you need to watch because he was either sideways or he was cutting people off or running up in the wall or, or something. He was doing something crazy. I know people have to be so sick of that dude. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they have to see him coming in the mirror and be like, Oh crap. Radioactive this, man. This guy again. It's like, I wish this guy would just get off me. Let's go <laughs> bother somebody else, man. But anyway, Hamlin ends up taking the lead. I think off two on the last lap. And scoots home to win the race, and Kyle Busch finished the second in an excellent race. Oh, it was so I wasn't even mad that Kyle Busch got second. I was actually really, really happy because of the race I just watched. Uh, just from start to finish, it was so entertaining. So, if anybody like missed that race, I know it's five hours long, but like go watch like the um, the highlights of it. Normally, YouTube has like 10 minute clips of the whole oh, race. It was you know so how much of this one is. It's 28 oh. minutes. Oh no. <laughs> Fox's awesome. highlights for this race. I just watched it. It's 28 minutes. Oh, that's fantastic. But man, it was so worth it though. I mean, 28 minutes. I would take 28 minutes over five and a half hours. Um, so just go back and watch the clips uh of that show of that race. It was it was fantastic. It was uh the best Coca Cola 600 in a long time. I'm looking forward to uh, to some other races like this with these mile and a half. So I hope it keeps up because mile and a half have always, you know, lately anyway, they've been the part of NASCAR. It's been like, uh, you know, here we go, going to do this again. But it's it's working this year. This this yeah. car is working on these mile and a halfs right now. They really are. <laughs> so we're going to go into our picks real quick um, from this past weekend. I'm going to read uh, straight from Twitter from the end of Marvel's Twitter. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can. Uh, Ethan's not always going to be crazy wild on Twitter, but you know, sometimes he is and sometimes. I'm on Twitter all the time. So <laughs> our show account is, uh, at in the marbles pod. This is, uh, what I got up here right now. Soda's pick William Byron got caught up in a crash and finished 32nd, giving soda an average finish so far of 13.2. I am constantly up and down. Yeah, you I really mean, are. It's either second or third. Or 30th with yeah. me. It doesn't seem like there's any in between. Uh, Ethan's pick, Martin Truex, finished 12th, which he that was about where he ran all day. He was running yeah. between 5th and 10th, and uh, you know, he was somewhere in there all day long, giving Ethan an average finish so far of 10.4. You keep flirting with the 10. I do, yeah. I just need to get this win under my belt. You were under 10 one week, yeah. and then from then on, it's been like just a, just a hair over it. Yeah. I gotta get there. <laughs> so this this weekend gives us a lot of really uh, special paint schemes with the uh, Memorial Day theme. A lot of red, white, and blue this weekend, and uh, a lot of festivities around it too. There was a uh, an uh, amazing moment at halfway point during the race where they brought everybody down on pit road, red flagged the race, and stopped it in honor of everybody who uh, who sacrificed their lives from our country you don't see that anywhere else such Not a great great moment um chilling moment 
to see everybody stand in unison like that with all the cars shut off after been running for you know three hours or so like that just uh crazy crazy stuff but they also have um paint schemes for this weekend who is who drove your favorite red white and blue memorial day paint scheme this week um i would say kyle bush but that's like my favorite red white and blue scheme that's like a go-to of his like he does that just about every year so if i'm talking like special paint scheme um let's say besides kyle bush honestly they all really looked the same that's the that's the only problem with it is that there's so many of them yeah that they all do kind of blend together you have to do something a little different yeah tyler reddick and william byron who have no ties together at all uh different teams they're both in chevys but like from the front end of the car you couldn't tell which one was which mm-hmm. kyle larson kind of did the same thing that he did last season um, you know, I'm going to go Martin Truex Jr. I know he's ran that same paint scheme for the last three seasons, but mm-hmm. like that paint scheme alone is just so just magnificent. I love that paint scheme. I want to say Brad Keselowski. Oh, okay. he had he had red, white, and blue, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. He had like a lighter blue on the front and it faded into a darker blue around the A post. Yeah. And the numbers were a red chrome and it looked good. And they got the red a, chrome. They got a really good, real good close of it, close up of it too when he wrecked. But um, yeah, it. <laughs> I didn't awesome. even have to pause the video to show my kids awesome. why I like that paint job. It, it was there. They showed it for like twenty seconds at a time. It's awesome. Yeah, that was my that was by far my favorite scheme because it was something different, uh, but it was still very very patriotic. And I love the red chrome. Oh, for sure, absolutely. I love that red chrome numbers. Um, before we. I want to talk about the Indy 500 for a second. I don't know a whole lot to talk about it, but I do want to kind of, I mean, it's the biggest race of the year, all of America, right? So you kind of want right. to bring it up real quick. The truck race and Xfinity race. I didn't get to watch the Xfinity race. I just see a, the aftermath on Twitter about that whole thing that we can't say here on the show. Right. Um, the, <laughs> the phrase that the guy used that I, think i've heard before but i'm very redneck and in the south so i think that's the way we say things like that down here (laughs) (laughs) you have to look it up i'm not going i'm not even going to remotely come close to saying what that guy said whoever it was it was well who was it um they had that who was it at the end of the xfinity race it was noah grayson and and somebody that got into it after the race oh it was uh noah grayson and, and jeb burton yes yes that's it that's it. And Jeb says something. <laughs> Wait, I missed it. this. Oh, you missed it. You need to go. Look yeah, it up. you need to go look it up. I'm. I can't say it here. Okay. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. I did not. I know that they had words on Twitter. They had. They had words in the garage. Walking back. See, I didn't know that. What did it? Was it shared on like TV? It might have been because it was all over Twitter. Really? So I it might have been. Is. Yeah, it might have been. I don't know if it was or not because I wasn't watching. I couldn't watch the Xfinity race. Okay. But uh, Josh Berry ended up winning that race, right? Yep. Good for him. I'm I'm a Josh Berry fan, even though I can't watch all the time with it. Yeah. But I am a big fan of Josh Berry's. I think he's going to do something something pretty cool when he finally gets up there. Yeah, 
I was more cheering for Ty Gibbs and <laughs> the struggle bus that he was on. Uh, coming back and finishing second in the Xfinity race was <laughs> uh, it's just as good of, of a win, just not as much pay. Mm-hmm. The truck race was one of the more interesting races, too. Yeah. Um, you had, oh, forgive me if I don't know everybody's name, because like I said, I don't follow these series, these two series as closely as yeah. I do the cup. What's his name? Uh, Hosevar? Kos- uh, Kosar. Carson Hosevar. Hosevar. So I actually had that right. How about that? Yeah. He is a, uh, a young guy that is coming up and he's never won a race and he had him, he had his win. He had it. Yeah. And they threw a caution at the end of the race. And it was justified. It wasn't like a phantom all-star race caution. Right. It was actually a justified caution. But he had the race by six seconds. I mean, he, he won. It was just him coming back to the line. And unfortunately, with the green-white checkered, him never winning a race before, he went for it, and it didn't work out. He wound yeah, up wrecking it- himself and Ryan Priest, uh, who was going for the win. Ryan Priest even had some really nasty things to say about that after the race. And you, you don't blame him. Right. I don't blame Ryan Priest for feeling that way or coming out and saying stuff like that because in his mind he just got taken out and he was about to take he was got about to win the race. Exactly. But then you see Hosevar crying because he knows he lost this race. Right. Like he's sitting there by his truck on the ground with his head between his knees, just trying to get all those emotions out and hold them back right after that during the interview. You guys out there need to understand something about these drivers. They are completely normal people, completely normal people that go through some serious stuff in the race car. Like you're constantly either on the verge of crashing, um, scared to death, uh, adrenaline pumping wide open. You, your, your mind can flip instantly between uh, calm and relaxed and just in the groove of it, kind of in your zone, so to speak to being uh, extremely aggressive and almost driving angry. Yeah. And there's these emotions are just, they're snap, they're snapping constantly inside your head. There's, I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's just like, it's like somebody is hitting shuffle on a playlist inside your head when you're racing. And the playlist ranges all different types of music from hard rock to classical, you know, it, it it's, and somebody's just hitting shuffle. No matter what happens on the racetrack, something different's happening. Okay, now now they have now they hit next, now they hit next, now they hit next, and it just shuffles everything. And that's what your emotions go through in a race. And then when the minute they get out of the cars, they have a microphone in their face. Yeah, and they have to try to bring all that back down into a co- a cohesive thought. And it doesn't always work like that. You know, you you have you have some people mouthing off and saying that you should never drive like that idiot that just drove there. And then you have some people that can barely say anything without breaking down crying. It's the most emotionally draining sport. It has to be one of the most emotionally draining sports out there, period. And you saw so many different emotions. Because Ross Chastain wound up winning a truck race. And he's a teammate to Hosevar. So the the emotions that came out of Hosevar was one of... I, you know, this is the worst day of my life. I almost won this race and I know I screwed it up to, I'm going to still go down to victory lane and eat watermelon with my friend. Right. Because, you know, that's what he smashes the watermelon when he wants a race. So he's eating watermelon, right? Okay. If somebody's not listening to every episode that we have, you know, there you go. 
I don't know. I don't know how to explain what happened at that truck race. It's just the emotions were all over the place. And it was the most interesting post race I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think, you know, Ryan Priest, I feel like kind of like what you said uh, when you texted me that uh, I feel like if he would have watched Carson's uh, interview, he wouldn't have been so harsh on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carson Hosovar, he did say, he was like, well, I, I wrecked. I was trying to go for it, and it was my fault, and I didn't mean to take him out. And, you know, doing the, the responsible race car driver interview, and Ryan Priest obviously didn't have an opportunity to hear that interview. Mm -hmm. um, so he was he was pretty hot, man. So I get it. Um, I don't think it's going to go, you know, it's not going to go any farther. I do know that Carson Hosovar – uh ryan priest was running all three series this this weekend so he was driving the truck xfinity and then the cup series and i believe xfinity ryan priest did it was it xfinity or was it uh i think it was cup series where ryan priest actually spun out and uh his day ended on like lap really early like lap 10 or something i think that was xfinity uh, yes okay so I, and I know NASCAR uh, posted something about him spinning out, and Carson Hosovar commented saying, "Oh crap! What did he say?" I think he said something don't like, uh, "That's not how you do it," or something like that. Yeah, don't drive like this, or something yeah. like that. And I was like, "Ooh, okay, <laughs> spicy. That's what I want in NASCAR." Yeah, yeah let's see funny. the emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Priest spun out in every single series he was in this weekend. He did. Yeah, he yeah. wrecked in all three races, so it's whatever. So, but yeah, about the Indy 500. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's go into the Indy 500 <laughs> real quick. I um don't know a whole lot about any of these guys. I couldn't really focus on it. I it was in the background of a get together I was at. I actually had to leave right when it like the, the caution threw at the very end of it. So I had to mm -hmm. watch the rest of it on a uh on the Peacock Network on my phone. I had to have it yeah. playing on the radio while I was going down the road to the next thing bad service areas too so i really it was all broke up and stuff so i really didn't get to see how good the last two laps were if they were even that good from what i saw it seemed interesting it seemed like it yeah. was pretty good i i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i know everything about indie um racing because i don't but from what i saw it was a very entertaining race uh they had tire issues just as seems like just as much as uh, nascar did Man, it was it was difficult trying to keep up with it, you know, because it's so backwards from what NASCAR is. Uh, but I was mostly cheering on our guy, Jimmy Johnson, uh, led one lap and almost. Well, no, he didn't almost win. No, he didn't. But he wasn't. No, mm -hmm. he was. He wasn't close. But he did. He did lead a lap. He at the Indy 500. In fairness, he led the lap because of pit strategy he stayed out pit longer strategy. than everybody else and he was the last one to come into pit road so he led that lap right but, but he still, still is now a indy 500 <laughs> lap leader yes lap leader yeah um so i thought that was pretty cool but and he's the reason why i was a green white checkered yeah he ended up hitting the wall i think he blew a tire and hit the wall and i mean they went under red flag because of it so um, well, they did that to save the end of the race because well, yeah, Andy, for sure. Andy doesn't do green white checkers. They they did a natural green white checker, which means right. there was two laps to go when they got the green flag. NASCAR just manufactured green white checkers because right. they don't want to end the race under caution if they if they don't have to. Because that used to be a thing. All these races would always end under caution, and NASCAR finally got away from it. They 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 did the practice that IndyCar did this weekend for the longest, just red flag it, see if they could get a lap or two in 
And if the caution throws then, then it's, you know, nothing they can do. They got it's over. But usually if it's like four or five laps to go, they would red flag the race. And right. that's what IndyCar did because they don't have a green, white checkered policy. As far as I know, I think they still in the race under caution. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I know I've seen a lot of Indy 500s in under caution, but yeah, Jimmy Johnson, he ran mid twenties. Most of the race, he had some kind of steering issue. Yeah. Kind of what you would expect. Almost, you know, I did have a dream that he ended up winning the Indy 500. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. If it happens, green flag kind of went down and you could kind of just tell that he was just almost happy to be in the situation. And, you know, for that, I'm happy with it. I don't care. I think I saw somewhere where he won rookie of the race is, do you reckon that's just because he led a lap? I have no idea. It's gotta be right. I, I would guess so, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, Jimmy Johnson's not a rookie. And, and, and like, I doubt it would be hard-pressed to call him a rookie in any type of motorsport. Right. But it's his first Indy 500. They put an R by his name. That's that's how that works. He's an Indy 500 rookie. Moving on from Indy, interesting interesting enough race. I mean, we're not Indy people. That Like I said, that's the one in, that's the one Indy car race I will watch from start to finish if I get a chance to. Oh, yeah. And that's the Indy 500. That's the only only one I will. There was an interesting movie about the Indy 500 called Turbo. Did you ever watch that? I've never heard of it. It's about a snail who enters the Indy 500. <laughs> oh. A snail. Yeah. A snail. It's actually not bad in what? in a sense of the respect they pay racing. Okay. You know how like, well. like cars pays a lot of respect to the actual culture of NASCAR and racing. And stuff yeah. Like that. Not counting cars two, um, cars and cars three cars. Two didn't happen. That's not a thing. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, cars. I know what cars is. I didn't know there was a second and a third. Well, one. don't watch the second the second stupid, but, okay. and, and you can just watch one and three and they'll be, have you seen cars one all the way through? No, I, ha- I have. Not. Okay. Next week, we're going to start this right now. <laughs> Next week, this is the perfect movie for you to start on. Okay. Before okay. we record next week, I'm holding you to it right now. It's, right. it's, God, is it 10 o'clock? It's already 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock right now. <laughs> we ain't got much longer. We're almost done. At 10 o'clock right now, uh, Tuesday night, all, uh, you know, it's all out there now. You are going to watch Cars before we record next week. Okay. <sighs> All right. Do you have access to cars? Um, I think my sister has it. Yeah. If if not, let me know. Get somewhere we can stream it, whether it's to your TV or whatever. You can log into an account. I'll give you my Disney Plus information. Okay. <laughs> okay. No excuses. Uh, oh, no, you're gonna like cars. Okay. You're gonna like cars. If, Do I have to watch the whole yeah. thing? Oh. Okay. You're gonna want to watch the whole thing. You're gonna get into this. You're gonna watch the whole thing. Uh, and Cars Three okay. is even better. Cars Three is uh, one of the best ones ever. One of the best racing movies ever made. Honestly, oh my god, that's gosh. what I feel like. What? I feel Cars Three is one of the best ones that, like anybody's. Ever you made. are putting way too much hype on <laughs> this right now. <laughs> but Cars is good. I mean, obviously, okay. you you know you know of Cars. You were looking at yeah, the diecast and the- stuff. Well, I only have one diecast, and that's just because it's like, what is it? Like Rowdy something Bush or something. And it's obviously referring Kyle Bush, so I have it mm-hmm. in my collection. But um, I don't know. What's his 
McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any of this. Um, but I'll I'll watch it. It'll be it it'll be a good first one for you because you will enjoy cars. Oh, I sure hope I promise. So. <laughs> I promise. I'm not a big cartoon in cars. So. I mean, come on. What what is that supposed to is that supposed to like he's driving me a onto super the it or <laughs> what? Richard Petty I is a, a character huh? you did not have a super Thunderbird. Yeah. <laughs> Thunderbird. Sorry. Last Superbird. I don't know what a Superbird is. You don't know what a Superbird is? Well, I know what they are, but I just like the the one with the really big Yeah, wing. the wing. Yeah. They, there was two of them in the, in the in the late sixties, early seventies. Uh Dodge had the Daytona and then Plymouth come out with the Superbird. Yeah. So I Thunderbird is what no. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Richard Petty plays a uh, character called the King, Strip Weathers. And Strip Weathers is his name, he's, but they call him the King. And okay. he's a retiring race car driver. And he drives a 70 Superbird. That is his car. That's who he is, not his car, but that's who he is. He is a 70 Superbird. Okay. What's funny is in Cars 3, and I'm not spoiling anything, there's a character voiced by Kyle Petty. King is his uh, like crew chief kind of guy, right? Like he's, he's on the pit box with him. And his name is Cal Weathers. It's not really his son. It's actually his uncle in the in the show, but it's a forty-two Petty Blue forty-two. And the big joke with it is that, and you'll get it right off the bat when you watch Cars three eventually. The big joke with it is Cal's not near as good as his dad or his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. a joke throughout the whole movie. Whenever they go with with Cal and uh, and Strip and the whole Dynaco is a it's like STP Dynaco is a big sponsor sponsorship with it. Anyway, watch cars next week. We're going to talk about cars. All right. All right. I promise you'll I like it. Cars three is right after it. Can't wait. Well, I have to watch cars no, two. I promise you do not have to watch cars two. I'm not going to subject. Oh, to I'm not going to subject you to anything that's bad. Well, my OCD will not allow me to watch cars three before cars two. I promise you, you can watch cars two another time if you <laughs> okay. if you have to complete it. You can watch Cars okay. 2 another time. It doesn't involve any of the main characters. The characters that are in Cars 2 don't show back up. So, oh. yeah, it's a complete side story that has nothing to do with anything. It's like a spy movie kind of thing. It doesn't make any sense in the in between 1 and 3. It doesn't make any sense to be there. It's dumb. So, Cars 1 leaves off where Cars 3 starts? Just no. about. That. You, you don't need the gap. You don't need that bridge. And two, you don't need that. Okay. All right. Well, then, yeah, I will totally skip number two. Yeah. Anyway, so that's gonna that's gonna be what Ethan's gonna be reporting on next week. The, right. uh, Can't wait for that. Yeah. Oh, You'll like it, dude. I promise. <laughs> the track this week is in the Gateway. It is. They, they named yeah, it Worldwide Technology Raceway. Yeah. The old WWTR. WWTR. Yeah. WWTR. That's it's, the worst name for a racetrack on the whole it really is. I like Gateway a whole lot better. I know what Gateway is. <laughs> I mean, I say I know what Gateway is. Uh, it's in St. Louis. That's the racetrack. I know of Gateway because I know that Xfinity and Trucks raced on it. Cup really never yeah. raced on Gateway, did they? No, not to so my knowledge. As far as we know, as far as we remember, this will be the first Cup race here. This is the inaugural yep. uh, first ever Cup Series race at Gateway. What does this track look like? 
I know it's an oval, but is it kind of like so, Darlington? It's definitely not a it's not a true oval at all. It's more like Pocono. It only has like two big turns and then you have like a dog leg. So it's almost so like it does uh, have like a tri oval at one point, like somewhere, like not really. So you're you need to think more like Pocono. Is it flat? Yes. Uh, it's so weird. maybe it's, it's not well, it's weird just because whenever whenever Xfinity and Truck go to standalone events, which this would have been a standalone event, I don't tend to pay that much attention to that because I'm focused on what the cup's doing. So that's yeah. just that's just me. I am I getting wait, am I getting Milwaukee? Milwaukee is a flat uh Indianapolis looking track. Or maybe not even that. Not even, not even that squared off. But it's a flat one mile track. This one is, okay. I think this one is a mile and a half. I looked up track maps, and it's kind of hard to tell exactly what track I'm looking at. I want to say, from whatever everything I looked at, is it was a a kind of flat, semi banked, Darlington shaped track where one set of corners is tighter than the other set. Yes. Like a belt, like a belt on a car. Like it goes around like how one pulley would be bigger than another pulley. Yeah. I don't know what I was talking about when I was saying think of Pocono. Um, I, so you're thinking the old Walt Disney Speedway or something. Yeah. Okay. So what <laughs> I guess what I'm thinking of is um, a, fa- a fantasy track on a NASCAR game that I always thought, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hit my wall. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I I play a lot of NASCAR games when in between recordings. That's literally all I do. Um, so I've been playing a lot of NASCAR. And I just did like 400 laps at this fantasy racetrack just just for the fun of it. And I don't know why I thought. <laughs> okay, I I'm wish sorry. I had time to do 400 laps on a dang NASCAR Good race. Lord. I used to do that kind of stuff. I used to set up and do 500 mile races in my bedroom late at night. I used to do that kind of stuff, but I ain't got time to do nothing like that now. Yeah, I still do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm jealous. Worldwide Technology Raceways this weekend. Since it is the inaugural race of this, all we have to go by is basic performances of other people, right? We yeah, or or if they've been to the uh, to the track before, like Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, um, I believe Eric Jones. Those guys who have raced it have raced. The racetrack before whether it was xfinity i don't think xfinity goes there uh but definitely trucks go there so kyle bush has been you know kyle bush joey logano they have that a little bit of an advantage i'm trying to think who i want to pick for this coming up race and you go first have you got any idea who you're oh, picking for no. this race <laughs> i have absolutely no idea oh i think i got a name just based off performance of through the year and the variety of tracks they performed well at so i'm just going to pick my guy and hope you don't pick him. i am stuck be- i'm stuck between two and i oh my gosh i just don't know which ones i want to uh, it's like part of me is speaking with my brain but the other part is like speaking with my fandom you mm-hmm. know like I want to go with Kyle Busch, but the, I have a really—I don't know—it's just a gut feeling that like the other drivers going to probably win. But you know what? When in doubt, throttle out. Let's go, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. You make a note of that. I, since you did not pick my guy, I am going to go with Ross Chastain. Oh, okay. I was flirting with either Kyle Busch or um, 
Chase Elliott. I'm not going I, – like, I, I try my best not to be one of these people who pick the same people every other week. I know. And I'm not going to be a guy that picks Ross Chastain every other week, even though he, every other week he could win the race. Right. But there's a good four or five of them you could pick that every any given week they could win a race. Right. Right. Exactly. And then randomly, Kurt Busch will win a race. You know, and nobody picks Kurt Busch, even though you should sometimes. He's in a lot of my DraftKings lineups, so if he'll quit wrecking with Bubba Walsh Rex, I'll be pretty good. Right. But I'm going to pick Ross Chastain because that team has found something. They found something this yeah, week. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to ride that momentum, and it's going to work out pretty good for them. And I really feel like Ross Chastain's a threat for this championship. I, I'm he's starting to make a believer out of me real fast um, with the picks and stuff. You know what I was mm. thinking? Maybe next season when we will, I don't know, do something for like the winner gets it's whatever. Um, but leading up, I think we should make a list of all 40 drivers and only pick one and, driver. And then he's, per he's season. Done. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. maybe have a limit on drivers. Like uh, you can only pick them twice throughout the whole year. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. And the all-star, we can just make it like a one-day reset. Just anybody, but then the next week, we just go back to the people we can't choose and all that stuff. I like that idea. I'm still okay with uh, cutting it off halfway and restarting it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm okay. We're good. We're, you know, I don't want to ruin anything that, you know, the fans are, you know, the listeners are following along with it i don't want to we're getting stuff. close we are how many races in now 16 races i think this will be the 16th race has it really if, if well of our picks oh yeah, yeah this yeah. will be the 16th race the 15th points paying race wow this will be race number 15 wow. this weekend because i i kept uh the all-star race in that does not count technically towards the nascar points because it's not a points paying race yes but it counts counts at our points points stands. <laughs> So I think that's gonna do that. Right. That's gonna do it with the show. We're uh, trying not to keep uh, Ethan up too late. He's got a big day tomorrow. Uh, real quick, we want to thank our uh, podcast drafting partners. Uh, the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast is one of the first podcasts I got into with this community. Uh, it pretty much grew the community that spawned this podcast and so many other shows. Really appreciate those guys. Drunk Wrestling History, a uh, side project with Scott from the Fully po- Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Great show, not family friendly. It's fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. Doing the favorite with Eric and Barry, another great listen, positively pro wrestling podcast. They just had like a Hall of Fame uh, of Hall of Fame episode recently, and that was a lot of fun. Speaking of Hall of Fame, Fully Post also did a figure Hall of Fame podcast this past week, and uh, I'm still mad my figures didn't get get, get in. They got voted out. Oh, did they? Yeah, I picked the uh, Andy Kaufman, Jerry the King Lawler two-pack, oh. and that got voted out as uh, giving it to the Mr. Perfect red card. I knew it was up there, but, I mean, so like LJNs and, and Galoobs and stuff, I have no idea what those are. Like, but, Yeah, LJNs are even before my time, just a hair. Right. I think my dad actually had a Hulk Hogan uh, LJN. It looked like he was like sitting on the toilet. <laughs> type thing and i had a buried alive match with one of my ruthless aggression undertakers because um pulling back the curtain a little bit so my parents house is right across the street from a cemetery and that's the house that i lived in my whole uh grow- or growing up that's the house that we lived in so summertime i take my action figures over to the cemetery and they had this big thing of dirt 
so I climbed to the top of it and then one day I actually took a shovel over there and I actually shoveled like six feet down and then I buried a Hulk Hogan and it's still there. So I have, I have to go back and like, you know, 20 years, see how bad it is. I have no idea where it's at though. <laughs> I forgot where I put it. What a story. Anyways, that's oh the only thing God. I know about LJNs. <laughs> it was so bad. It looked like he was taking a poop, dude. It's weird. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? You, um, you saw pictures of the LJN Hogan I had strapped to my race car before, right? Yes, I have. I've seen that. I think it's, I don't know if that's the same one or not. It might be. I. It probably is. It's, there's only, there's only a couple of LJN Hogan's and uh, only one of them in yellow. Oh, so does, did yours look like it was hunkering down to take a dump? Y- yeah. Okay. You can, yeah. 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 You say that. It's probably the same one. <laughs> <laughs> do you have yours? I do. I have the one that was strapped to my car. Yo, I, might, I might have to buy it from you so I can replace No, you're not buying the one. You're not buying the one that was strapped to my race car. Well, That's the only thing I saved from that race car. <laughs> <laughs> Won a lot of races with that, Hulk Hogan. Heck yeah. Um, Power brother. Anyway, let's get back to this. Uh, yeah. Boots of the Face is another really good podcast. Uh, Jason Wolf, i big fan of the guy and uh, all his work. Uh, really like his uh, chop shop. Check him out on Twitter. Art of Jason Wolf and uh, any commissions that you need. Um, he's excellent artist. Check out his stuff. Absolutely. And um, Outsiders Beard Co. is a company I use their products with. Uh, it's Big Underscore Bane's company. He he uh, did the intro music to our show, which is still, I think, one of the best intros of any podcast I listen to. I'm not biased at all when I say that. Um, <laughs> new music coming out soon, too. He's got a lot yes. of music, and I can't wait to hear his new stuff. But Outsiders Beer Co. I still don't know the website right off the top of my head. This is just outsidersbeerco.com. Outsidersbeerco.com. Okay, so, I had it right. There yeah. It took me a minute because we have a uh, restaurant here locally with the name of Outsiders. So it kept on taking me over there. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, who do you got, Ethan? Yeah, talking about Bane's new music, man. Oh, go support this dude. You can find his music. Um, anywhere that you find music at all. So like I go to Apple music, download every, every song he has. I love his music. It's coming out soon. I, th- I actually heard it's two albums. Um, one, well, we talked about it last week, but super excited about that. Uh, going along with Bane, he has a podcast with Mr. Brian breaker called the Bra- uh, breaker and Bane's power hour. It's about one pro wrestler and one rapper friends since the seventh grade, uh, get together to talk everything movies comics professional wrestling and anything that makes you say wtf uh such an awesome such a fun podcast um mm-hmm. definitely don't take themselves too seriously um and it's really it's my number one source to figuring out like what's going on with pro wrestling and uh, uh, you need to stop voting in polls that you don't know the movie stuff <laughs> man i don't know any of these <laughs> movies i have no idea so i just like any mini miny moe I just I have no idea. <laughs> Trying to vote on what Marvel movie is the worst of the two chosen, and he's just randomly picking one because he... <laughs> I can't. I don't know. And so I'm just like, well, I just feel honored that they like include me on, in that tweet. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh man, look, mom, I have friends. You know, type thing. So Brian Breaker, so such a cool guy. Um, he has a side project called called You Know It's Fake, right? Uh, Brian Breaker goes in in depth conversation with professional wrestlers referees managers fans and anyone that has pro wrestling ties for an inact interactive and insightful conversations 
uh you and i have both been guests on that podcast and it's so much fun just because like it could start off pro wrestling but it's so crazy because it just jumps everywhere you know it could go in and talking about from pro wrestling to nascar to to funkos to just anything it's such an awesome podcast i I Um, can go again if you ask me to oh man now we got the podcast and we never even talked about hasbro's last time we didn't bring that up until it was over so we got a whole bunch of subjects we can still talk about yeah, Brian Ricker's a pretty busy podcaster. Yeah. He also has the TV Toy Cast with our friend Travis Fowler. Um, join Brian Breaker and Travis Fowler as they take you down a trip down the toy aisle. Both of them are massive toy fans, and now you can hear them talk finally about the toys grown that they grew up with and what's new and upcoming in the toy world. Super they just did one on ruthless aggression this past week, and it was fantastic. I that was something that I could finally sink my teeth into, and uh, it was I love that. I they, thought that that when I saw that title, I thought, well, that's the one that Jeff and Scott are going to be on because they're coming up on one soon. And no, they weren't. I was like, well, what is Jeff and Scott going to do? Yeah, I'm excited. Like, even though you know when you, they talk about some other like toy lines and stuff, um, I don't know really any of those. So now that they're on like ruthless aggression or like any sort of wrestling figures i'm just oh yeah it's cannot wait to listen to it going back to breaker and bane's power hour bane actually has another side project with mr bill Benis, the legendary bill Benis, called you know uh no holds bar why do i every every single time i do that it's no holds barred with bill Benis. um get ready for some no holds barred action with your host the legendary bill Benis, and his co-host bane uh and they give you the most insightful pro wrestling podcast ever of all time um you can believe that if you if you wish <laughs> to do that <laughs> tales from the estate uh drew and his wife caitlin um take you on a magical trip full of gut busting laughter head scratching random facts and their favorite top five things oh man i love that because it can go like top five favorite pop tarts or five top five favorite candy or whatever it is it's it's so much fun they make me laugh over there and the last one i have is our friend Tim at a chair shot. I have been butchering this every single week. <laughs> I've been calling it a chair shot as the podcast name. It's actually pulling up a chair with a chair shot. <laughs> uh, no, our friend Tim uh, has a podcast spotlighting anyone who loves pro wrestling action figures, including customizers, creators, collectors, and anybody in the actual like business. So a uh, really cool super fun actually you know how he spotlights you know other people in the community and stuff really cool i want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show uh if you can please rate and review us on uh all the all the different platforms any platform that you listen to this so we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on google we are on uh, amazon you can tell alexa to play us you can tell hey whatever we're everywhere it's really really fun to be everywhere like that and uh we really would like some good reviews and ratings just kind of help us grow a little bit. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod, and you can also find us on Facebook, In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Uh, right now, you can listen to the show there. You could this past week, anyway. I don't know when it's going to stop, sometime early June, but well, I'll still post a link to it there, so you can still find the show from Facebook if you follow us there. 
Uh, you can also email the show any questions, any questions at all about NASCAR at inthemarvelspod at gmail.com. Anything we want you want us to answer personally, anything about the sport, give us a shout. We'd love to answer it. And if you find any of this the least bit entertaining, <laughs> go to whatamaneuver.net. Um, the best way to support us is to buy the T-shirt. That is the best way. The design is called Allison. It is a throwback Davy Allison paint scheme on the car itself. The number is my personal race car number and has established 2022 on the side of it with the In the Marbles logo on it. Cool dirt design going on at the same time. So it kind of mixes new, new NASCAR with old NASCAR with dirt racing. Fun combo design. And I think that was, that's a good design for us just to come right out of the gates with. And uh, if you like that, it'd be awesome if you could pick that up. That was just a great way to support the show. And uh, with all that said, Ethan, you got anything you want to add? As always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marbles. <laughs>